Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Two Farming Crawfords podcast, where two dim-witted Scottish farmers talk loosely about farming and the trials and tribulations of Scottish farming life. Enjoy. So, Crawford, how's your week been this week? Oh, I was going to say good afternoon, Crawford. It is good afternoon. I can say that. It's fine. I'll to do that. My week's been good. Farming has been uh, relatively successful. Relatively. We've been cutting wheat this week. For, I mean, Have you? Yeah. We've cut two-thirds of our wheat at least this week. Fucking heck. We're, I know. We're at least a week away. Uh, we probably should wait a week for the rest of it now. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday's attempt was, uh, was four bunker loads of the combine in two hours, and the last load is drying at the moment. And that's been two days of solid drying with 700 litres of fuel to dry it. So straight after this, back to the dryer? Uh, well, I can see it from my phone here. Right. Ooh, that's quite handy. Yeah. So what, what, what's, give uh, us some stats. Oh, like, talk so much yourself because I need to log into the thing every time I go back in. So. All right. Yeah, we we also slowly. need to do, so for a bit of context for everyone, we did record an original episode and then we recorded another and we scrapped the first one. So in the f- very first original that you've not heard, we kind of, explained what we do so we'll explain a little bit about what we do again we're both obviously called Crawford Crawford number one me we'll call it that's fine (laughs) one or two doesn't matter anyway you might have come over from YouTube so that's Crawford me we farm a mixed arable farm majority arable and then in the last three years we've put on some suckler cows we've also got kind of free range hens a farm shop and a few other bits and bobs in and around the farm shop. So that's what we do. Crawford? So me, Crawford, the other Crawford, apparently number Crawford number two. <laughs> I don't know if that means one's... Uh, no, we won't go there. <laughs> um, so we farm uh, Simmental pedigree cows. Um, we fatten the ones that we don't put to the, to the, to the breeding sales. Um, we also have wheat and barley. Barley goes for malting, wheat goes for distilling or feeding. And then we rent out ground for peas and potatoes on the side of that as well. We also have a holiday cottage. So if you want a holiday in central Perthshire... Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. <laughs> come, in, come in and just get in contact. There's a, there's a good space there. Lovely cottage. Good views. Nice chat when I drive past. <laughs> Half price if you've given us five stars on Spotify. Mm, negotiable. <laughs> negotiable. <laughs> negotiable. So that's what we do at home. Uh, and our farm is uh, one one staff member, dad, myself, and my stepmom as well. Yeah, so, so our, on the farm side, we are um, Kev, full-time, Aggie, she runs the free-range hens, she does the hens full-time, and then we've got Dunk as well, who's semi-retired, so he is he used to be full-time as of three years ago, and now he drives a combine, does a bit of disking, does a bit of ploughing, helps us out in busy times, and then me and dad. So it seems to work well. We did mention in the first episode we did about young help or helpers in general or new staff. And you spoke about you've brought on or you've got someone this summer to help at the moment. Yeah. So he's done a few weeks of odd jobs kind of thing. So if we need him for half a day, he's there and you're doing a bit of roguing, doing a bit of pressure washing. Um, He's too young to drive drive tractors yet. Right. Um, So he's never actually driven anything. So we will put him into now we've got some open pea fields. I think we'll we'll go and get the loader tractor out, which is a it's a massive loader tractor. We a wee puddle jumper kind of Let thing. Let him rip. Yeah, so we've got an old sixty two ninety as well, but it's too far away from now what is gearbox is happening now. Yeah. So we'll put him into a relatively modern gearbox with a Dyna Shift T grip and show mm-hmm. him how to drive that. 
I said, we're going to let him rip in that and see what happens. So, <laughs> be in the nice ditch. big open field, Naples, we'll just <laughs> we'll put him in there. How did, you, how did you learn to drive a tractor? Uh, so, slightly cliche is it was like, you know, you just sit in your dad's knee when you're three or four year old and steer yeah. up the farm drive. And then you're, um, I actually do remember the very first time I drove a tractor and it was a, uh, right, I don't have an anorak zip on me here, but this the uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, it was a really old, like an N-Reg. 6160, I think it was, or 6150, Massey, with a stone separator behind it coming down an M-Rig tramline. And I was just driving to the field gate. Dad just plopped me on the seat, and I had my wee brother parked on one side of the cab. Dad, I mean, Jamie would have been like three. I would have been seven or something like that, you know, or younger. And then plunked on the seat. Dad put it to the right revs, and, and just I steered to the gate. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it, the steering on your dad's knee. That was yeah. definitely the I first. Do, oh, I've got a good story about the first time Dad kind of set me off. Uh-huh. And you'll probably hate me for telling this story, but I love it. It's so good. So my dad's quite, um, everything's done at a bit of a pace, but for the most part, everything's done to a really good standard at a bit of pace. But when he rushes too much, he can just rush too much. So he decided to teach me how to roll and he had everything else that was needing to be looked at at the same time. He was planting potatoes, all sorts of stuff. So he says, right, you get yourself lined up in the pass here. So you, you follow the draw mark. And this is before GPS. Obviously, I'd been, I would be 10. And he says, eh, fall a bit in your bonnet there and look at the far end of the field. And I uh, just don't look at the stuff behind you. You just keep yourself in a nice straight line. <laughs> Occasionally check your mud guard to make sure it's lining up with your last pass just so it's right. And I'm sitting there enthralled by Dad's uh, instruction here. And then you don't really interrupt your father at that age at all. You, you're told why not. Uh, and then uh, suddenly there was this big lump that just went, boof, lifted you off the seat kind of thing in the tractor. And I, I said, oh, Dad, what was that? He goes, ah, it'll just be a stone. We'll, we'll find it on the next pass and we'll put it in the basket. Don't you worry. And then um, I'd seen behind me as to what was going on. But again, you don't interrupt. He's you showing you what to do. Turned at the far end of the field and it was an old gang roller set. So uh-huh. for the folk that don't know what a gang roller is, there's no hydraulic lifting. There's no wheels for the road. If you go down the road, you have to line the side wings up with the back roller. So it all goes in a big train. And you have to wheel them around in the field to try and set them up again. It's a big, heavy bit of kit. Always on the floor. You can only go at three miles an hour on the tarmac. So, turned at the far end, and then is, he just stopped, clutched in, and just head in hands, proper, oh, I've had a mare now, total mare. Because the central gang, the main gang, had the bearings had snapped. So he left the roller halfway up the field and, dra- <laughs> and dragged the frame the length of the field. We, so, could, we could just about do, like, a, a, probably a full episode on getting other people and ourselves to put in stories of what their dad has never admitted to. Yeah. Doing wrong, but you know they've done. Yeah. I mean, all year, dad saw this, this this big ridiculous mess all year because the stuff hardly ever grew. It was like the odd grain grew in that pass all year and that was it. Uh, it came to harvest time. What happened here? You did, dad. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than having a wee bit over your dad. Like, no, that was you that broke that one. It wasn't me. Oh, it was fantastic to see, but oh yeah, it was good fun. And in that same field, my brother actually knocked down a strainer post, first set of folding rollers we ever had, and I set set my brother away to do this. Roll that field there, Jamie, not be grand. And then phone me when you're done, and I'll come and shift you. And uh, he never phoned me. He just looked at the gate, was like, "Aye, I'll fit through that." So I was running from the neighbouring field across the across this burn ditch and things like, "Just don't, don't, you'll not fit, Jimmy. I know you, I know you won't fit." And he just went for it. <laughs> he flattened the strainer. <laughs> What's your big, biggest mess-up? Oh, biggest, oh, biggest mess-up. Broken a couple of windows in the, in the 
back the back windows of the tractors. I've broken a couple of them. Oh, I've not done a window. Oh, I was saying that. My friend has. When we were younger, I had a few friends over from school. We had this old Land Rover, this old yeah. green Land Rover. And basically, there's maybe three or four of us and we were tearing about the field in it. And the back door wasn't very good and it would bounce and swing open. Oh. Um, so it swung open. And then my friend was fleeing along. And for some, I don't know how old we'd be, 12 or something. <laughs> so for some stupid reason, I covered over his eyes. Oh <laughs> and he was driving in the field. <laughs> and then he slammed on the brakes and the back door swung shut and both glass Smashed everywhere. Oh my and that was like, you know, when you do something bad and you have yeah. to... You have to kind of scarper, scarper back to the farm. Yeah, and admit to that. Uh, <laughs> I've had an issue. <laughs> we've broken this. We've broken. I need that. to actually think about that because there is silly things I've done. Yeah, just silly things. We'll do it. We'll do a full episode yeah, we'll, on yeah, accidents. We'll, yeah, and, actually, uh, we could do a proper mishaps. segment on that. Yeah, yeah. I have to have a read right down of that. What have um, we been doing this yeah, week? What we been have. To? We've sewn all our OSR and we combined all our OSR this week. Nice. It's quite a successful week actually. The weather was looking pretty intermittent but it turned out not too bad so dad and dunk headed off with a combine and mowed down all the osr we were done in two and a half days yeah just over two days we got all that wiped out and then we started me and kev were disking and sewing and we sold some stuff on friday and by tuesday night through the ground wow absolutely motoring so the heat, the heat in the ground is yeah it's warm it's really warm there's loads of moisture about um, so yeah, on the Friday, Kev sewed it. Dunk obviously dissed it before that. Dad rolled it. I went in with a sprayer. Then got some slug pellets as well. So boom, wiped out, done. So that's one field done, and then the the rest we've done this week as well. It's just right now as we're speaking, Kev is spraying a bit of it, and Dunk is just finishing off rolling it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's good Pro- to get on. Productivity is high. But tomorrow's gonna be wet. Yeah, yeah. So and but there's rugby on tomorrow. Scott and France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, Big comeback last time. Yeah, this is, I don't, I've not actually watched or even listened to any of the reviews or anything of the, the last two weekends worth of rugby. I've not watched any of it. I don't, no, I'm I've not just, usually like that. Just watch the highlights. Yeah, so tomorrow could be a pub rugby day. Oh, for sure. Where, where's your local? Uh, just at the top of the hill, literally about a five minute. Because I, I, I live in the town for the viewers. Uh, He's a townie. Lived, He's I've, a townie. Yeah, <laughs> I've not lived at the farm. Cover number for... two is a townie, so <laughs> that's why I'm number one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it'll be it'll be nineteen years we've lived in the town. Is it? Yeah. So uh, I live. Yeah, the pub is literally about a two minute walk up the hill from here, and there, you could do you could do a whole nine you could do a nine course nine hole, uh, pub golf course, in this town. He said the pub is two minute walk from here. More importantly, your house is two minute walk from the pub. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more of a ten minute waddle. <laughs> okay, right. So we've got a couple of topics we're going to talk about this week. Um, you want to discuss hobbies, and also we got this question, hobbies that kind of force you and get you off the farm. I think that's quite an important thing to, to do. So um, my father was saying the other day, you should be trying to get off the farm once a week. So whether it's just a Saturday away, away somewhere, uh, out of the county once a month, and out of the country once a year. Mm-hmm. It's kind that's, of, that's a good thing, that. Yeah, just because you need to get away, and we're, we, we can be so bad at just knuckling down, and, you know, you always say, oh, it'll quiet down next week. When does it ever quiet down? <laughs> all the girlfriends and wives are always like, yeah, okay, I'll believe that. Yeah, <laughs> or is it it'll quiet down next week? Nah, it never does. Straight into sewing, straight into plowing, straight everything else. So my hobby is to get away, which um, the boys are actually out tonight doing this. And I, I apologise to the boys that I'm not there again, uh, as we do a bit of mountain biking. And uh, 
for a while during the before harvest, we were three nights a week and and trying to go three times a week. Yeah, yeah. And like that'll take us down to Innerleven, down in the borders. It'll take us to up uh, up to Aviemore. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to go up there as well, up to Fort William. Dunkeld is all you can have a full day in Dunkeld. I raced actually this year for the first time in ten years, um, so that's good fun to do. Uh, gets me away, and then trying to book a holiday would be nice. Actually, another really good thing to do, which I don't think you've done much of, is young farmers. I have not. This is a question I get a lot, and a lot of people ask me, should I join young farmers? And I don't feel. I always say yes, but I've never done it, so it's like. Is it a bad answer for me? You can answer that question yeah, for I've, others. I've done a lot of a lot of young farming in my time. Uh, so this is my last year of young farmers. I am the on the outward stretch. Uh, so it's done done a huge service. Actually, do you know what? it's been fantastic. Yeah, that's one thing that I never. So I, for listeners watching, I went I went to uni, did mechanical engineering, um, where there was one other farmer on the course. But yeah, I've not really done the young farmers route. So yeah. that it comes up all the time when I'm working. I'm like, I've not gone and done an agri course at uni either. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's loads of nuts and bolts stuff that I don't have a clue about this. <laughs> loads of the little basics. I don't have a scooby. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you it's all learnable. You know, it's, it's all learnable. That's the thing. Yeah. And so like the first year at college, because most of the folk in college had worked at home, have farms at home, it actually was just about useless for the folk that had farms. Uh-huh. You knew already. But the first year ended, ended up being a good socialising and networking year. So really, I think college is more networked than, than being a benefit to me in knowledge. I've learned more being at home and working for other people and going to different farm, farm tours and seeing how folk are innovating and reading the, reading the papers of how farm, farms are innovating. That's how I've learned more than, than college has. Um, but like Young Farmers have been so good for that. Because like, there's, there's, the, there's the fun side of it, there's the, the games, there's the silly things you do every week in the meetings, you know, there's tug-of-war competitions, there's, you can compete in anything, like between sports, produce, show, every November in this district we do a produce show, so that's like anything from baking, sewing, crocheting, uh, roots and grains, um, so I've won the cereals once or twice maybe. And then my friend David has pipped me to it the last like three or four years at G- least. Give, give anyone that's not in farming a rundown of what the basics of Young Farmers is. So the basics is a youth group, a youth organisation. We could actually um, try and do a proper episode on Young Farmers with the chair of Young Farmers, National Young Farmers. Mm-hmm. would be actually really good if we can get them on. So if you're listening, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. <laughs> um, that would be good to organise. Um, but in general, layman's terms, it is a youth group. There's about four and a half thousand, I think, or just under that, members and young farmers nationally for Scotland. Um, for Scotland. But right. that doesn't count for the folk who then just come to the regular meetings. That's the people who are actually paying membership and competing. Yeah. You have to be a member to compete in things. Um, uh, but you'll meet a hell of an amount of folk nationally. If you start competing in national sports and national clays and national curling and and uh, there's go-karting there's produce so shows as, as i say there's rallies and the rallies are the really bit they're really good fun so they're like a um a total games day you'll go and do agri skills in the morning so you'll do your stock judging so you'll get a pen of four animals and you'll tell tell the judge which ones you think are one two three and four it's actually written as a b x and y just to confuse you um and there's points all given to that you winners and losers usually eight classes there's like strapping the bales in a the trailer, there's um, taking tires off of beads, there's just angry skills. Uh-huh. And in the afternoon you do sports, 
So you build a pool out of bales, fill it with water, which is usually like 20 cubes of water in this pool, <laughs> and you have to do an obstacle course, dive through the pool and things, and it's just a bit of fun, just to relax a bit, and then there's usually a dance at night after as well. Uh, if you wanted to do a young farmer's dance, there's about one every weekend. If you wanted to do as a country, go yeah, around yeah, the country. Yeah, to the country. It. Yeah. Uh, after every show, there's a farmer's dance. And in the wintertime, there's dinner dances. So speaking, there's actually speech-making competitions as well, which are really good to do, which sound really dull, learn how to make a speech. But my God, if you ever need to speak at a wedding or an event and you've done speech-making competition, you'll be able to write a speech and stand in front of 200 folk and not shake like a leaf with a paper in front of you. Day-to-day -day normal life is not a skill you ever have to think about or ever, you don't really learn at school. No. So yeah, it's something useful to have. Yeah. Also good at learning to drink in Young Farmers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aside from all what Crawford said, it, it's just a boozy social. It's, it's a, it's a, you could have scrapped all those words and said, it's a boozy social to, with well, farmers. I'll put it in one sentence, which they'll probably hate me for, and I'll, Lucy will then text me when she hears this, and saying, why'd you say that? It's a drinking club with a farming problem. <laughs> 100% correct. Right, so a topic I said, Taking over from the old man. Mm, how are you getting on with that? What's it going? How is it going? It's, so it's, not a, it's never a takeover. Like no. In farming, traditionally, it's a slow process whereby you gradually do more and you do more of the jobs your dad's doing. And there's never a, okay, or there probably is in some cases, but most of the time there's never a boom, right? Oh, you, I'm yeah. off. It's the young does a bit more, the older... Potters about a bit more. Yeah, yeah. They're always there. Yeah. And they're always there to ask. And you just have to, there's so much information they've got in their head about how all the different systems work on the farm, because everyone's farm works differently as well. Yeah. It's not like there's a manual on this is how a farm works. Yeah. Um, we, could, we could actually be really in depth here, and was probably, we could easily, I could easily fall into this trap. You probably won't, but I could fall into it and say that, you know, succession planning generally needs to be better thought of. Oh, it's definitely not done well in farming. No. Because my dad's great at it. Um, mm -hmm. He's thought about it for a long time, and he's so good at it. Um, if we've got an issue, you phone him. He still does the backroom work. I run day-to-day -day on, on the actual farm. I run day-to-day. -day. Our herd manager runs the cows day-to-day. -day. I don't take masses to do with the cows at all. Tom does them all, really. Um, but the arable side, I kind of look after. Dad still does the buying and selling of grain and fair. He's really good at it, so <laughs> don't have a problem with that at all. Uh -huh. Um, there'll be so many farms that don't succession plan even to the fact of why don't we make a manual for the farm a literal book that yeah. says right these are your list of fields you could even go into in depth and go the nuance of these fields are, there's a wet hole two tram lines over three quarters of the way down yeah because that's out. all information that if you hadn't dragged out your dad you'd yeah. never know yeah it's all information that you have to pick away and you have to then remember it yeah and I'm quite bad for that I don't I don't write stuff down. I should write stuff down more and then I remember it more. Yeah. Um, but you're slightly further down the line than I am. You're a few years ahead of me in terms of the succession planning and whatnot. I mean, Dad's fairly good at it and he's happy for me to crack on with bits and bobs, whether it's the cows. So I probably do most of, or decide what's happening with the cows because I yeah. put them on and he's, he's happy for me to go and do that, which is great. Uh, but yeah, there's loads of other bits that you just... It takes so much time to figure it all out and yeah. understand it all. Like, yeah, how all the rotations of the crops, what's going on when, wh when you're putting all your fertilisers on, you, you're a bit further down the line with all yeah. that. But then, God forbid, <clears throat> anything happened and then say you didn't have your dad here next week. You'd have to. You've got to just crack on. And actually, there's professionals everywhere to help you with the whole thing. 
you know, you've got your agronomists, you've got you've got your uh, your vets to help you with that, and there's always neighbours along the road that'll give you the how how they've ran their cows for the last fifty years, and then there's there's always professionals everywhere to help. And another podcast we could do another time is with RSABI, even going down that road road as well. Um, and that's really bad of me. I mentioned their, mentioned their abbreviated name, and I can never get the correct way around to saying their proper name. So it's a don't try. No, I'm not even, even <laughs> going to try because I'll get it wrong, and I and I and I'll need to apologise for it. So I won't get it right. Well, so, we're probably we're yeah. probably on the on the better end of like um, farmers who are trying to do some sort of succession planning. Yeah. Like your dad seems like he's fairly keen to yeah put something in place. Dad is as well. He's that way inclined. Whereas I, there was an Irish guy who came to the shop the other day. And he was, he was speaking to me and he said, how do you get on with your dad in terms of moving stuff forward and letting, letting you do stuff? And I was like, he just does. I've not, I've not had to ask him and make him do stuff. He just does let me do it. Whereas he was, his dad was 70 odd. Um, he had a slight share in the business, but his dad made all the decisions and there was no yeah. progress coming down the generation. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was like, well, by the time he actually passes that over to his son, his son's then going to be 40, 50, 50-odd. Yeah. And then by the time you get to 50, 60-odd, your like, drive and motivation is... It's, is, it's, it's not way. gone, but it's definitely not like when you're in your 20s, you really no. want to make a difference and try stuff. So it's like... So it then, it then takes the, the brave generation to go, do you know what, I'm not going to... I'm not even. I'm not even going to try and take on too much of this. If you've got a, a a child coming up behind you that then wants to take on things as well, you need to be that brave generation to go. No, I'll, right. You can take more of this on yourself. And yes, I've only had five years, ten years of doing this because my parents wouldn't wouldn't let the farm go. But do you know what? Let's let's have your drive. Let's do that, and I'll run with you. I'll yeah. work for you. And then um, you know that's. And to be honest, Dad's really good with that. When he comes in, if if Dad's at the farm. He, he says he basically works for me. So he's a uh, he's morning farmer. That's <laughs> 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 how, how he goes about. So we need not done. <laughs> well, it's not quite that way, yeah. <laughs> the dad drives the combine. He sells all, buys and sells the fair. We talk about it beforehand anyway. Yeah. Um, and then uh, um, he, so he makes, still makes those decisions, those decisions with me, but he, he'll, he'll just... Yeah, he includes you, though. If he needs to do it, he'll just do it. He includes he you, and right. he knows that eventually it's gonna it's gonna swap. Yeah, yeah. So you're yeah you're learning it as you go. Oh, 100 percent. You mean as you say, there's years of stuff to learn. And you'll never so get it things. all. You never pick it all out. No, there'll be a lot of stuff you have to do yourself and make Changing a, make a mess of. And like this year, like our like this year's crop, our spring barley is horrendously uneven. Dad's never seen that. So how do you deal with that? Even the agronomists haven't seen it. So everybody's kind of fighting and guessing, going, "What do you do with this?" Because if you spray it off now, the stuff that's green will not be not be viable as a. Uh, it won't germinate. I sprayed it yesterday. Oh, oh <laughs> brave man! <laughs> the Gronim was out the day before. No, he was out at the start of the week. So we're recording this on Friday. So he came out and I took him to the spring barley field. And I was like, "What are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with this?" And seventy percent of the crop is um, germinated at the right time, yep. and it has got a full ear of peas, yep. and they're full, and they're ripe, and they're. Almost needing cut. Yeah, they're a, maybe a week away. And then you've got 30% of the field, which is all second germination, and it's small heads, smaller peas. So he he said, just focus on the bigger peas, because if, if, if you let them, whether you let them start to fall, that 70%, the big chunk, mm -hmm. 
you're losing a lot out of them potentially versus what you could lose by losing all these little heads. Yeah. The little heads jump out at you because there's loads of the wee little heads, yeah. but they're little. Yeah. So he was like, I would go end of the week, before the rain comes, get on, spray it. So we just went and did it. So what, have you, you've not sprayed the whole farm, have you? No. No, we've not. We've done two. Not all of our spring barley is like that. Uh-huh. What we're talking about is our spring barley is very mixed in germination levels. So you've got a lot of seeds that germinated as they should have within the first 14 days, a week, 14 days mm-hmm. in that period. And then effectively it was quite dry. Yeah. <clears throat> and then not everything germinated, 70% did or whatever. Yeah. And then the second half germinated a lot later. We were seeing secondary tillers, you call them. So it might not even be extra seeds. I think all the seeds actually germinate. I think that's the way it goes. I think, but the t- it didn't tiller out. It didn't like, so rather than in a seed, you don't get one plant per seed. You'll get three to four kind of stems per seed. At least, yeah. Hopefully, you would hope. <laughs> so I think what our agronomist has said, we use a different agronomist than Crawford does. Um, and what he reckoned would hap- has happened is that the rains then caused it to ext- to tiller out More again. tillers rather than, okay, right. Rather than more right. seeds, it's more tillers. Yeah, yeah. So, but then at the, so after June, when we had the really dry June, nothing had really happened. All the short, the, the straw was really short. It was only about a foot tall, not two and a half feet tall. Um, the crop was also kind of, it didn't come right out the end of the leaves, the head. It's just kind of gone halfway out of some of it and then fallen out the head, fallen out of the, the leaves. So rather than unfurling properly, all the leaves folding down and then the stem coming straight out the top, it just didn't stem extend. So it just missed that entire growth stage. So in a lot of our ground anyway. But then the secondary tillers that have come through are actually looking like they're going to yield more than the first stuff. Do you think? Some of our ground, yeah, because it's so true. gravelly and light that it just about died yeah. in June. So we're actually going to cut around it. Oh, you're going you're gonna to... We're going to go to the extent of that. Interesting. And come back to it. Get some uh, drone footage of that. We'll need to, because I, <laughs> oh, I could just about show, I could just about show you. I can't show you guys on the podcast, unfortunately, but uh, or we could put it on the on our Instagram page. Come along to our Instagram page, mind you. <laughs> well, yeah. If you've not already, by the way, head over to the two farming Crawfords on Instagram, yeah. where you can send us some questions, and we'll try and answer them on the podcast. So we could show you some of these drone pictures and things there. Yeah, we'll put more of that stuff yeah. over there if you fancy it. Yeah. Um, now I had. a couple of questions for yourself as well mm-hmm. now um i had one come in earlier on just before we started this about workplace nicknames have you got any nicknames not even workplace ones have you got any nicknames of folk that good ones that have come you can have rubbish ones if you wish but good ones. i don't have any good ones <laughs> oh, really the only nickname so we're obviously both called crawford the only thing and my uncle is also called crawford there's too many crawfords about um <laughs> the, the only Time is one gets called wee and one gets called big. I'm wee Crawford, he's big Crawford. Right. But he's big not because he's tall. (laughs) 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 Am I getting called big Crawford? (laughs) Bigger. (laughs) Wee, big and bigger. (laughs) What about yourself, nicknames? Oh, we've got lots. So, um, there's a farm along the road that has got a few that are fantastic. So, absolutely fantastic. Um, their mechanic is obviously Greasy. Greasy, As most yeah. mechanics are called Greasy. Greasy. There's one guy, it's called Bendy. Bendy? Bendy. Why? He was, he was called Bendy because he was the first to get GPS. This would be about 10, 12 years ago. So, <laughs> so he, Bendy. He got called Bendy. Greasy Bendy. So, and then uh, they've got another one called Snowflake. Snowflake, Yeah, right. and it's not because he's a snowflake, it's because when he's on the baler, uh, no two bales are the same. 
Snowflake. <laughs> There's another one called Bulb, and he's given himself this nickname. This guy, he's called, he's called Ah. You might as well call me Bulb. And it's full of bright ideas, but really the rest of the rest of the workshop are going <laughs> big, useless, lazy. But <laughs> when I was out in New Zealand, there was a few guys with some really good ones. There was a really tall, skinny guy who was one of the managers. Uh, from when he was a child, he was always called Runner Bean. Runner Bean. Runner uh-huh. Bean. So he was the cultivations manager. There was another guy there who. God love me, he was a tremendous guy actually, but he was far too easy to take the piss out of. So uh, he <laughs> he wanted to be, he, he emulated Runner Bean, uh, but he was a bit of a larger kind of fella, so he got called Baked Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Heinz, could you call it Heinz? <laughs> but then, they didn't have Heinz out there. It wasn't really oh, they wouldn't know what it was. No. So every now and again, you'd actually just leave a Baked Bean tin hid, hidden in his cab somewhere, and then you'd come over the radio, eh. <laughs> He was put a big, big chain in my cap. That was <laughs> but, some accent. What was yeah, that I meant to be? Yeah, I don't even know. Take the, the best one, though. I'm going to have to give you this one. It's, oh, it's too good. In Australia, a friend of mine went to work in Australia, and uh, he came out in the morning, and he loves to sort of accessorise slightly. So he got a, a lumberjack shirt and cut the sleeves off it so to make it a short sleeve shirt. Had it open vented at the front, so the button's undone, with a grey single underneath, and he got a pair of denim denim trousers that he cut far too short, and with his boots on at the bottom, obviously. And he comes out, and the the farmer's like, "You morning, Craig. Ah, Craig, you look like an Irish porn star." <laughs> so from the- that, that accent was way better than the first one. <laughs> Could you tell that he was Welsh? <laughs> so from from there on, he was uh, on the radio. He was like, "Are you the porn star?" <laughs> and I'll need to confess confess to my own one. Uh, in New Zealand again, I, um, I was, was a friend of mine that was out there working with me. Decided to start calling me Tenth. 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 Um, we decided to stand on the way bridge just to see what we all weighed. And then, and then the you're next tenth day, tenth of a ton, were so, you? Yeah. So the, the next day, <laughs> Stu comes over the radio and he, and he goes, "You there, Tenth?" And I just didn't reply. I'm not, I'm not even rising to this. And he goes, Tenth, you're there. And I went on and on and on. And, and Hayden, the boss, is like, yeah, shout, who's Tenth? <laughs> he goes, that's, that's Crawford Hayden. Oh, man, oh, that's so good, man, oh, bloody hell. Right, you're getting called Tenth then. It's but, Crawford and Tenth. Yeah, but then it gets worse. So then, oh, about two months later, Stu decided that I should be called something else. We were, we were having tea in the house, him, uh, myself, and the other guy that was living with us. And he just started deciding that I should be called Meatball. No, not ball, ball. So I mean, he's, he's from Gullin, this guy. He's a Scottish uh-huh. fellow. So he's, yeah, he's meatball. So he's because I mean, I'm, I'm short and round. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I this like is all on audio, so we have to, <laughs> short, we'll have to confirm short. that later. <laughs> so again on the radio, Hayden would come over looking for looking for myself, and he goes, "Are you the Crawford?" <laughs> and, and Stu's like, "No, Hayden. He's called Meatball." And, so, and then there's a pause, and again, the Hayden just lost it. The radio absolutely loved it. So, oh dear. So that's that's my confession of my nickname anyway. <laughs> You've just given them all away. So any yeah, more good ones? To, bring them in. Yeah, don't forget to call them tenth and meatball. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's let's do the farmers weekly yeah. game again. I really enjoyed that last week. Thank I'll go. I'll go list. first this week. Cool. So I am going to ask you the price of. So this is a John Deere six one five five R. Oh dear. Twenty two plate, fifty k box, um, cab suspension, air brakes, all. The normal jazz nowadays. Um, 1,027 hours on it. Does it say what the gearbox is? Uh, it's as an auto quad. Oh, oh right. Oh, that takes Whatever that off. means. I get so mixed up with it. Auto, auto, auto command, quad is the big auto clunky. Because they've all got, we demoed some tractors last year or the year before, 
and they all came and they've all got the different variations of the gearbox and they're all called different names. I was like, Jesus, can, can, can we, we not, not just, just make this? Yeah, you can need, we not um, standardise standardize this? That's the word. Standardise. Standardise, yeah. <laughs> I'll try that again. Standardise. It's, it's an autoquad. Yep. Autoquad. GPS, did you say? Uh, ooh, good question. Mm, no. No, no GPS. It doesn't say that, but it doesn't mention it. No, so it's probably GPS. Oh, and if it's not a quad, I bet it's not GPS ready because who's paying for an auto quad and GPS? Um, 155, a thousand hours on it. Uh, Jang Scrivens, I'm going to say 103. Gee, you're very close. 104,500. Wow. <laughs> 104,500 pounds. That was pretty good. Right, right, on you go. I will return. Uh, so, this is a quad bike, a Honda Ooh, T bike. TRX 420 FM2. Uh, it's a year 2020, it's done 2,200 hours with a tow bar. With a tow bar, nice. Mm, and it's red. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> do they do anything other than red, Honda? Probably not. <laughs> you, could, you could ask. 2,000 hours? 2,200 hours, 22, sorry, a 2020 plate machine. 2020 Honda. Yeah. I'm really clued out. 420. I I'm really struggling on quad bikes. I'm just going to take a punt at... One, 10 grand. Right, I'm not, I'm not buying your one anyway. It's uh, £5,900. £5,900, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea on quad bikes. Not bought a quad not bike. Not buying your one. Donkeys. <laughs> yeah. We've got an old Can-Am that just tears about it. It's They're great. great, actually, yeah. Move on to... We'll do one... We'll do a few, some sounds. So. Oh, yeah, sounds... Have you got some good sounds this week? I have a few sounds. I don't know if they're good or not, but I've got a few sounds. Right, I'll go first. Yeah, on you go. Um, so you can play along at home, actually, if you've got a, if you're sitting next to a pal. Winner owes the other a beer. Uh, no, other way round. Winner's <laughs> due a beer. Right, this sound. Do you want that again? Yeah. Oh, you can God. have a clue, but that'll, you can't then go for three points. Right, okay. I'm probably on... Two points at the moment. Berg. Um, you gonna go for it? Yeah, I think I'll just. It's either it's either a ball peen hammer. Just just getting like dropped onto a bolt head. Mm -hmm. Or it is a a gab drawbar linchpin getting sort of dropped into place. I'm gonna say it's a gab drawbar linchpin getting dropped into place. You're. This is really quite interesting. You are. You're wrong. Oh. <laughs> Minus but, two for me. But you have said the right answer. Oh, mayor. It is a linchpin. Oh, right. Oh, but just dropping on the floor? No, just the, the linchpin. The, oh, the actual... Oh, I see. The ones that snap and Ruin nail your, your fingers. fingers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Linchpin. <laughs> you said the right answer, but the wrong answer. Oh, so you just like clicked it in your fingers like that, have you? I just closed it. Yeah. Oh, right. Ah, but it was the echoey rattle that made me think it was on a gab drawbar. Close, so, but no cigar. Oh, uh, mayor. Um, right, I'll give so you So you're on minus two points. Yep, right, okay. You go for it. Here is one here. That was a door closing. Three it's points. Exa yes, exactly. Ah, you beauty. <laughs> closing door, yeah. Three points. So you're actually on four if we're carrying on from last week. No, no, I'll start again. Oh, fine then. Fine, um, three. <laughs> right, here's another. You ready? Yep. One more. Like, oh, that's tractor cab. That's either you're opening the door to get in the cab or you're shuttling into forward or reverse in your New Holland. And I'm going to say 
Three points, shuttle. Wrong. Oh, no! <laughs> Don't tell me it's the door. It's the door. It's the door. It's the door. It's the Absolute mayor. Tell you what, if you get the tractor right, I'll give you an, a one point. You get the tractor right? Yeah. Play, play one more time. Can I ask if you're opening or shutting it? Opening. Opening it. That's going to be the faint. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's good. You've far, it's, far, it's, far, it's far too like like a golf to be to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> A bit nicer sounding. Yeah, it's not it's not a citron thing. That's <laughs> your New Holland. <laughs> you don't hear a nut hit the ground when you yeah, try something. <laughs> okay, here's my here's my other one. Ready? Hydraulics of some sort. It's like pins on a forklift or can you play it one more time? Yep. You wouldn't make this do that noise very often. Pick up hitch on your forklift. No. Well, I would take. What were you going for? I would there? have gone. I wouldn't have gone three. I would have no. gone two. Right, you'd have gone two, but no, it's unfortunately not that. What is it? It is shaking the trailer to get all the soil out of a dumper trailer. So it's oh, like when it's at the just, top. Just, just, just we wobble at the top with the hydraulics. I caught that. I knew it was hydraulics of some yeah, sort. Yeah, you knew. It. There was. A, I did have another recording of it at the side of the trailer, uh -huh. which would have been easier. But um, I've kind of. I seem to have lost that one. So what's the points? What's the scores in the doors? No, you were three. What did you say? You were going to get... I just lost two there. Yeah, you lost. You're down to one. I'm minus two. You're on one. So you've won for the second week in a row. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> so I'll just leave you back at one again because that means that you're, you're winning. You're one, you're one point up. Now, do we have any other listener questions you want to do? Or um, Yeah, let's do one more listener's question, which is this one from Davy Anderson. Who makes the buying and selling decisions when it comes to machinery on your farm? Well, for us, it is a, a three-way decision whether mm -hmm. we're going to buy a bit of kit or not. Uh -huh. um, so with, with uh, Dad, Stepmom and myself, we'll, f we'll look at the budget and see can we buy it, can we not. Uh -huh. um, if Dad hasn't already decided and just bought a kit. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is coming home. Yeah, yeah it's literally that kind of conversation. Um, I would usually come up with... the I, I would like... To change this bit of kit, let's, yeah. and I'll go through the try and get the deal, and I'll try and do all that now. I've kind of taken on more of that now, yeah. Um, in the last few years, and then um, Dad would have done it up to now. Mm -hmm. So it's now kind of changed. That I'll do the deal uh, for the most part, unless it's like a big tractor. Dad was like, he wanted to regain this year the uh, the, the top price of the farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought a bit. Of kit. I'm still top dog right yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a forklift. He bought a tractor. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're probably pretty similar in that me and me and Dad discuss what we're... I probably go to him and say, we're probably needing to upgrade this bit of kit. Yeah. And most of the time he says, yeah, I've been thinking that as well. So then I'll I'll go out and either look at, get quotes in yeah. and spec kind of machines that we're looking at. Dad's probably not... He doesn't drive a tractor that often and he's not... He doesn't doing the mechanics of it all and whatnot. I probably know a wee bit more about that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'd do all that and then effectively just propose the ideas to him. Look, yeah. we've got this, this or this. This is a cheaper option and does this, this and this. Um, and then we look at it 
and quite often we then forget about it for six months, come back to it, it's way more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a price increase again. <laughs> yeah, so that's the kind of way we work it. Um, and then ultimately it's dad's decision because yeah. he'll either say, right, we're going for that, boom, yeah. boom, sort it out. Um, yeah, so he still makes the decision on that thing, but yeah, I'd probably propose the bits of kit to him. Yeah, and like, because there's more of you in your business, do, do you take your brother into these decisions as well, or does that does, does he not worry about that and just let you and your dad figure out the farming side of it, or yeah, or if so, it's like a big decision like like your new shed, mm-hmm. was that a whole family decision, or was that just you and your dad really? Yeah, that <coughs> would. So for anyone listening, so we've got a farm shop. Uh, I have a brother, and he he runs the farm shop effectively now. He's been back home for ten years. I've just been back for three. So he runs the farm shop alongside my mum. Dad has managed to kind of push himself, get himself out of the shop and back to on the farm more often, which he definitely prefers. So it's kind of effectively me and dad on one side, mum and Frag on the shop side. But they they overlap a lot because they have various bits and bobs. Like we do a sunflower trail, uh, we've got tulips and whatnot. And obviously that's on the farm side. We've also supplied the beef off the farm to the shops. They they interlink a lot. So like the big decisions where it's, yeah, a shed. We put up a shed a couple of years back and it's a big investment for the farm. Quite a lot of the time, it's actually the, um, the shop is uh, helping to fund it as well. Yeah. So we we do all make the decision together on that stuff. Yeah. But in terms of like farm machinery, whether it's tractors and whatnot, that's generally just myself and dad. Yeah. Um, and it's the same the other way around. If it's like a big, uh, a, a new chiller unit in the shop, it's usually kind of more... Dad's probably slightly involved on the shop side yeah. um, in terms of that decision. We we have a meeting semi-often. We try to, between the four of us, and yeah. just figure out the plans moving forward. But It's yeah. good to do that. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, we don't really tend to do that at the moment. I think just pinning everybody's diaries down. Yeah, is, every, is everyone's, everyone's busy on different things. And it's, it's hard to then get a meeting time all the time, but you, can't, you, it's you almost, have to. It's probably almost better doing that and going, right, every... Monday, first Monday of the month, we have a, even a peacetime, morning peacetime meeting for half an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, probably, but in the shop, your, your mum and your brother would probably want to do that, if not every day, every week. And you, you and your dad are probably once a week. But then you've, yeah. always, but then you've always got the, the back of the, the tailgate, the pickup. I know, you're meetings. always having, like, between me and dad, because we're both on the farm and whatnot, you're always having a meeting, effectively. Yeah. Whenever you're, oh, every can phone you call, give me a lift can, along there? Yeah. And then you're in the car, overthinking we should do this, this, yeah. or that. So that is really easy on the farm because you're always interlinked and you're always talking. Whereas yeah. the farm, the, me and dad, when we work on the farm, we rarely see mum and Farg. Yeah. So like getting those times together where you chat about things is not the easiest. Yeah, you've always you, got to go, right, to. come around for tea this Sunday night. And well, dad and I get told off for it because well, I'll, go, I'll go to dad's house for tea and we get, we'll just end up chatting about the farm stuff. Uh-huh. And I... Um, Shona's really good at saying, no, just enough of that. You know, if you have 10 minutes, go to the office for 10 minutes. <laughs> no farm talk. Yeah, office for 10 minutes, chat with the farm and come back. It's family night. Yeah. And it's like 100%, bang on. She's really good at that. And just to keep things like, no, this is family time. Not everybody else in the house is in the, is in the farm. You don't need to bore them with that. Just sort that out out there. Because I don't see dad in the farm every day. Yeah. We're all doing other things. Yeah. So um, That's quite good though, because your, your dad's not uh, 100% in... Uh, spending his time on the farm so there's there's other aspects to talk about as well yeah. you don't have to just talk about the farm because yeah. all you've done all day is farm between yeah. both of you yeah and it's really good like we're talking about time away 
Like, now that we're all a wee bit older, no one tends, not many families that I know, a few do, don't tend to go on family holidays much anymore. No. So it'd be, it's good to try and have, like, some kind of hobby or day out with, I think, you with your mum and dad now and again. And um, trying to drag dad occasionally to these is tough. Because, <laughs> yeah. What am I going to that for? <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, I'll, just, I'll just, I'll be at home just now. It's fine, Arca. And, which is fine because he's got a lot of stuff to do that he need that he wants to do. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so, should we, should we go and shoot some clays at the farm? That'll be fun. We'll go and do that. And so, oh, well, okay, fine, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll enjoy it once he does it. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got an e-bike that he doesn't often use, which is a shame because when he goes on it, then poor, he goes, he goes for it. So yeah, is it quick. I, yeah, I mean, if I, I wouldn't take him on the trails with me. I've got. I've. I don't. I. <laughs> one arrives on the farm an e-bike yeah you'll, you'll see all about it in the coming weeks on YouTube right anyway I think that'll do for this episode yeah we've probably rattled on enough so, so thank you from me Crawford and thank you from me Crawford hope you enjoyed it we'll see yeah. you again next week yeah we'll see you in the next episode cheers cheers bye thank you again for listening to the two farming Crawford's podcast please don't forget to rate us five stars and follow us on Spotify. If you have not already, follow us on Instagram and you can ask us some listeners questions throughout the week that we'll try and answer during the podcast. Cheers again.